Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. And beginning at verse 28, in Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 28. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Let's pray. Holy Father, we come to you today. We ask that you speak to us by your Holy Spirit to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus. And again, Father, we pray for anyone here who has not accepted Jesus as Savior or anyone listening over the internet podcast. We pray that they will come to know him as Lord and Savior. And for anyone facing a hopeless situation, we pray that they will find hope in Jesus our Lord, the blessed Lord. In his name we pray, giving thanks. Amen. We're living in very troubled times. All around us, across our country, tremendous unrest. Now, as we look at this passage here, we've been studying the, the Sermon on the Mount for the last 
several uh, weeks. And so when the, the sermon had ended and Jesus had come down from the mountain, it says that, that the people were astonished. They acknowledged the quality, the quality of the Lord's teaching. They were astonished or amazed at all of these things that, that Jesus had shared. And he shared them in a very powerful way. Notice that he taught with authority. With authority. Very different from the scribes and even from us today. Because we today, as the scribes did so long ago, they would quote other experts. They'd say, now you know Rabbi so-and-so said such and such. And so today we, we will quote others with initials after their names to lend support to the points that, that we make. But the one that we should really quote more than anyone else is the Lord Jesus himself. Amen. And you see, Jesus didn't have to quote anyone. <laughs> because he is, the Bible says, the living word of God. Amen? But what Jesus did was he used the comparing and contrasting. The kind of righteousness that the Pharisees taught. The outward observance of the law. Jesus taught that the scripture is a matter of the heart. Amen? And he taught that as a person thinks in their heart, so is that person. You say, wait a minute, thinking in the heart? Yes. You see, the, in, the, in the mindset of the Greeks, you thought with the mind. But from the Hebrew perspective, you think with the heart. And Jesus taught that it's from the heart that all sin proceeds. There in the heart. So he said, as a person thinks in his or his heart, so is that person. So Jesus astonished them because he spoke with authority. And he interpreted the scripture accurately, correctly, and he applied it practically the way that God intended it to be interpreted and applied. And we bear that same responsibility to teach and to apply the scripture accurately. Sadly, and in our Sunday school lesson, it was brought out that, and we've mentioned this many times, that in the first century and in every century since, there have been false teachers. Now, how do you recognize a false teacher? False teachers will deviate from the scripture. False teachers will teach their own opinion. False teachers will, will tell you things that necessarily make you feel good all the time. Now, we all like to feel good. I'd rather feel good as opposed to feeling badly. Right? But we are to tell the truth. And we don't apologize for telling the truth. Because so much of what you hear today 
is born in the very depths of hell, the lies of Satan. And that's what false teachers do. They will deceive, they will get you into their corner and lead you astray. Well, these multitudes followed Jesus after he came down. They were amazed at his teaching. And, and these multitudes of people followed him. Then the leper showed up. Notice that the leper worshipped Jesus. It says The leper came and worshipped him. And we have an account of this also over in the Gospel of Mark. And he, he kneels down. He, he worships Jesus. What does it mean to worship? He acknowledges Jesus as Lord. You have to understand in the mindset of a, a Jewish person, no one is called Lord except God. Adonai in the Hebrew. No one is called Lord except God. And he acknowledges Jesus as God the Son. You see, there are many philosophies and positions with respect to who and what Jesus is. Jesus is a member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God. Jesus is God the Son. He is the creator, and he is the sustainer of life. And way back in the eons of time in the Godhead, it was decided that he would come in the form of a man and go to the cross and die, shedding his blood, giving his innocent life, that we, you and I, the entire human race, might have salvation. The, the cults teach that he is just a man. The cults teach that he is just a good teacher. The cults teach that He's not God. The cults teach that the Christians, that you and I and other Christians, believe in three gods. No, we don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God who has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, we bear responsibility to teach correct doctrine. Correct doctrine. And so this leper comes and worships Jesus. Notice that he seeks him out. A few weeks ago we had a, a lesson on, on prayer, that Christians are to be people of prayer, to ask, to seek, to knock. He seeks Jesus out. Now notice the hopeless condition of leprosy. The hopeless condition of leprosy. One of those diseases that rank in the category of those that are incurable. Incurable. Especially in ancient times. Do you know that, and I found this interesting in studying 
that there are only two Israelites prior to this to this leper here, only two Israelites who were actually healed of leprosy recorded in the scripture, only two. The first one was Moses. You say, what? When God called Moses, you remember Moses was making all those excuses? God said, right at the burning bush, you're going to go back to Egypt and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses began to, to, to make excuses. Well, you know, I've never been much of a speaker in my life. <laughs> and he, he started making all these excuses. Kind of like how we do, right? We, we, we make all kinds of excuses. And you'll recall that the Lord told him to put his staff on the ground, and when he put his staff on the ground, it became a, you know, a, a serpent, and then he was to take it by the, by the tail, and when he took it by the tail, it became a staff again. God told him to put his hand into his bosom or into his, his clothing and then to pull it out. And when he did so, when he pulled it out, the Bible says it was white like, with leprosy, white like snow. And then God told him to put it back in and when he put it back in and to pull it back out, when he pulled it back out, it was healed of that leprosy. Now who was the other person? Interesting. Someone, someone said it. Who said it? Miriam. Okay. Moses' sister, Miriam. She was struck with leprosy. Why? Because she dared to question the authority of her brother, Moses. See, they got tired of Moses being in that leadership position. What makes you think, you know, that you have all the answers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the Lord struck her with leprosy. And then Aaron, Moses' brother, you know, he begged Moses, he said, Well, you pray for her. Pray for her. And Moses prayed for her to be healed. And what was so interesting is the way that the Lord answered Moses. He said, If her father had spit in her face, she would be unclean for a certain period of time. So, she needs to be placed outside of the camp for at least a week before she'll be healed. And of course, she was, and, and then she was healed, according to the law. But there's no other account of any Israelite. All right, and that's important. There's no other account in the scripture of any other Israelite being healed of leprosy, but lots of Gentiles were. But the ancient view on leprosy was that there was something wrong with the individual. That they had committed some sin, or their parents, or their family was cursed, and so they were cursed with this incurable disease. And they were outcasts. They were forced to leave their families. And they had to live in a community outside of the city limits. In a community made up of other lepers and others with various skin diseases. They could not, they could not 
come into contact with their family members. And if a family member came into contact with them, they became ceremonially unclean and could not participate in worship. Now imagine going through your life without anyone ever hugging you. You know, we, we need to be touched. Hugs are, are really great things, aren't they? Yeah. But imagine having to leave your, your wife or your, your husband or your children, your parents, to go off and to live in a community with other lepers being cut off from society. And if that wasn't bad enough, they had to tie little bells onto their clothing. And when they were walking down the street, if somebody was approaching them, they would have to shake those bells to warn them that they were a leper and not to come close to them or to come into contact with them. And they would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And people today think they have it so bad. Imagine going to the mall and someone approaching you and you crying out, saying, I'm a sinner, I'm dirty, I'm unclean, I'm diseased, don't come next to me, don't come near me. Imagine what that would be like emotionally. But notice he comes to Jesus and he calls him Lord. Lord, if you are willing. Lord, if you are willing. That is an important word, that little word, if. You see, there are, there are some people who believe that you can demand from God. No, you cannot demand from God. As though you can back God into a corner. You can't do that. Or command God. No, you, you can't do that. It's disrespectful to do so. You remember the young men in Babylon? They came before Nebuchadnezzar because they were supposed to bow down and worship the image and all that stuff. And he, he gave them another chance and they said, no, you know, we're, we're not bowing down. Our God, who is God, is, is able to deliver us if he chooses to do so. But even if he chooses not to do so, we will not bow down to you. Oh, the Christians would be like that today. You see, he said, Lord, if. And then he went on to say, you can. And, and that word, you can, in the Greek is, you have the power to. You have the ability to. You have the might, the strength, the wherewithal to make me clean. If you so choose. That's what he was asking. He came asking not demanding. You follow? He worships him, and in humility, he begs. Lord, I'm in a hopeless condition. If you're willing, you can heal me. 
Have you ever been in a hopeless situation? When you look at our country, you wonder, my goodness, what a condition our country finds itself in. <laughs> and individual lives. The compassionate touch of the Savior. Jesus is compassionate. God is a God of compassion, a God of love, a God who cares. Many years ago, the Southern Baptist Convention had this saying. They, they had launched out across the U.S. with these New Testaments, and they were entitled, Here's Hope, Jesus Cares for You. And the goal was to go to every door in the U.S. and to share, to take that New Testament and that word of hope. Here's hope. Jesus cares for you. Now notice, Jesus touches the lepers. So important. Jesus could have just spoken the word, right? He could have just said, be clean. Ah, but he reaches out and he touches them. You have to wonder, how long had it been since another human being had actually touched this man? How long had it been since he felt the touch of another human? And here he is touched by God Almighty. Now, according to the law, if you touched a leper, you became ceremonially unclean. And the scholars, they go back and forth. Well, did Jesus make himself unclean? Come on. He makes the leper clean because he himself is clean. Amen? And what's really, really interesting, all right, so Jesus says, I'm willing or I desire. It is my desire to heal you, to make you well. And the word that's actually used there for cleanse in the Greek means not just a physical healing, but a spiritual healing as well. He healed him body and soul and spirit. The Bible says, by his wounds or by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Jesus said, behold, basically, be healed, restored, ceremonially clean. Amen. And acceptable. Have you ever felt out of place? Unacceptable. The leper was now made whole. He was made acceptable. And we've been made acceptable before God through our Lord Jesus. The Bible says that immediately his leprosy was cleansed. The leper was made whole. A supernatural miracle. Supernatural miracle. Now, Something like that is not difficult for God to do. Understand? 
from the human perspective, yeah, it is a supernatural miracle. And we mentioned in Sunday school this morning, take for a moment the sun. God spoke the sun into existence. You follow? Jesus says, and the scripture teaches, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is any condition beyond God's power? The transformation was made by divine decree. Notice, grace by grace. Jesus didn't tell him. Now, if you've ever been a part of the Catholic denomination, you know that there is a tendency, if you, especially if you, you go to confession, right? If you're a good Catholic, you go to confession usually on Saturday afternoon. And you, you tell all the, the sins and things that you've done, and so then the priest will tell you, well, you need to say, you know, four Our Fathers and three Hail Marys and maybe the, uh, the Apostles' Creed or something. You have to do all, all of these things, basically, to earn your forgiveness. You notice, Jesus didn't tell him that. God forgives us by grace. By grace. We can never earn his love. We've already mentioned that we don't have to ask God for his love. Why? Because we already have it. We already have his love. But we do have to ask for forgiveness. Because in asking for forgiveness, we acknowledge that we're guilty. We acknowledge that we have a particular condition that needs to be cured. And we must come to the one who can cure us. That is what this leper did. And the transformation was by divine decree. Jesus said, he touches him and he says, I will. I am willing, I desire be cleansed, be whole, be healed, be restored, be made new. Then notice <clears throat> that the leper is directed after this healing takes place, the Lord directs him to fulfill the requirements of the law. You notice that? Because the law was still in effect until the death or I should say the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The law was still in effect. And this man had the responsibility to fulfill what was required in the law. Because Jesus never taught anyone to reject or to defile the law, no. But to respect and to honor because in doing so, you honor God. Notice, he was to give the offering that was required in the Old Testament. That's found in Leviticus chapter 14. And what does that demonstrate? Well, it demonstrates an acknowledgement that, that he had been healed by God. And it also demonstrates a grateful heart.
for what had been done in the garden. Fulfilling the law also provided an opportunity to witness about Jesus, that is to give glory to God. Because he was to show himself to the priest first. Now over in Mark it tells us that he began to, he was so overwhelmed by this good thing that had happened, he began to tell everybody. And it made it difficult for Jesus, you know, in, in terms of going to, to various places because he was thronged with, with mobs. But the leper was to go and show himself to the priest because according to the, the Levitical law, only the priest could declare a leper actually clean, officially. And having, having seen that this leper had been cleansed, they would then have to investigate and in investigating, they would discover that he was healed by none other than Jesus, Jesus the Nazarene. You follow? Jesus was saying, the Messiah has come. The Messiah has come. He of whom it has been written is here. And the priest would have to acknowledge that this man was in fact healed. So what is Jesus doing? He's demonstrating his authority. Now in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gave them this teaching and the interpretation of the scripture and the practical application of the scripture. And it says they were astonished. Why? Because he taught them as one with authority. He has the authority over the word because he is the word. And then now he's demonstrating, and as we go through the book of Matthew, we will see that he has authority over the conditions of every human being and over life and over all of creation. He will demonstrate it physically, and he did so here with this leper. So what do we learn? Hopelessness abounds everywhere. It takes, takes many forms, conditions. Conditions. What are the conditions of your life? What's your spiritual condition? What is the state of your relationship with God and with others, and those who are close to you, and with yourself? We, we have a relationship with ourselves as well. What is the, what is the condition like? Or how about in your, your neighborhood, or where you, where you work, or where you play, or where you recreate? How about in, in the retirement community here? What's the state, what's the condition that you face? How about those who are closest to you, those in your family? What's the condition? Well, be here. God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. What are all those words? Well. These are the attributes of God, God's attributes. First, omniscient means he knows everything. Now, you may have run into some people who are know-it-alls, right? You know, you know some people like they, they know everything. They know everything about everything. They can tell you about everything. They can tell you how you ought to live your own life and you know where you ought to where you ought to move and where you ought to work and what books you ought to read. 
right? They, they know everything about everything. Where you should place your investments, you know. God really does know everything. He's omniscient. He knows everything. There is nothing that he does not know. All those little secrets, see, he knows all those too. He knows it all. Okay? He knows everything. He's omnipresent. That means he is in all places at the same time. The Bible says there is nowhere where you can go that God isn't already there. You can't run away from God. You can't. It's an impossibility. God is everywhere. And what does that mean? God is here. He is here. And he's omnipotent. He is all powerful. That's what this leper acknowledged. When he came and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can, you are able to, you have the power to make me clean. Even though it's an incurable disease from a human perspective, you as God can make me clean. What are you facing today? Or what will you face tomorrow or next week? What are you facing in the future? What are you going through? What's the condition of your, of your life today? God knows what you're going through. God knows all about it. And God is present. And he has the power to heal and to make well whatever the condition is in your life. But like the leper, we must worship the Lord in humility. We must acknowledge Him as Lord. And we are His creation. We are His children. Spoiled as we are. Self-centered as we are. Sinful as we are. We are His children and He loves us. You think about those mothers, you know, when uh, uh, some criminal is caught breaking the law. What do you usually hear the mother say when they interview them? <coughs> well, you know, he's a good boy. Right? Yes, he's, he's done some things that he shouldn't have done. But, you know, he really is a good boy. Why? Because she loves him. God loves his children. And like the leper, we must ask, seek, and knock. Ask. Jesus said, ask. Seek. The leper sought him out. The leper knocked upon the heart of Jesus. If we're to experience the transforming power of God in our lives, we must be people of prayer. We repeat it over and over and over again. Christians need to be people of prayer. Prayer.
And then lastly, we are to gratefully and obediently witness to God's grace and goodness in our life. We give glory to God by doing so. Like Jesus told the leper to go, to give that offering, as a testimony to the priests that the Messiah has come. But like the leper, we, with grateful hearts, with joyful hearts, are to fulfill the responsibility and the privilege of sharing with others, guess what? The Messiah has come, and he's coming again. And he wants to come for you, because he loves you. You see, we have the, the message of hope. No matter how terrible life becomes, no matter how expensive gas becomes. Went to the gas station the other day, yesterday. You know, and I just needed a quarter of a tank, but we're, we're going to be driving up to Utah uh, later on today. I thought, well, I should fill it up, and, and I, I don't have to stop on the way and, and all of that. My goodness. Five gallons. That's all. That's all. Five gallons. was almost $30, you know, 29 and some change. Man, two years ago, we used to fill it up for 22 bucks. But the economy's great, right? <laughs> yeah, the economy is great. They want you to drink that Kool-Aid, like those people down in South America. Sadly. You see, because that is, what, that is what the false teacher does. Right in the face of, of what is reality, they want you to believe a lie. That's the way that the devil works, to deceive you. And to say it loud enough and long enough, continuously, until that deception, that false message is accepted as true. We are to gratefully and obediently witness to God's grace and goodness in our lives. We give glory to Him, and we are to tell the truth. So we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I need thee every hour. Amen. Every hour of our lives, whatever condition you are facing, know this. God is aware. God cares. God is present in your life. And he has the power to heal and to make well, to correct. But like the leper, we must come to him. Let's stand here. Come, giving your life and your heart to the Lord Jesus. Come, confessing your need of him. Come, join this church. Come, worshiping him as we sing. I need thee every hour. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.